0: This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new you.
1: Hello and welcome to the second season of Mind Your Mornings. In this series, we will be looking at mental health from within. Now, there's a new wave of awareness here and with it, several questions. With the support of the team at Anna Chandy & Associates and our gracious clients, we've decided to uncover some of the mysteries that plague mental health. So together, let's explore various perspectives from people who have experienced therapy, from caregivers, and from therapists themselves. Perspectives from a decade ago to now, and from Gen X to Gen Z. Hi, I'm Brian, back again with another conversation to discover a new perspective from behind the therapy room. Today, we'll discuss a phenomenon that is relatively less known, the family secret. What is the unsaid message that lurks in families? How does it travel through generations? Shedding light on this today, we have Sudha along with her client, Reena. Sudha is a senior therapist with Anna Chandy & Associates. She comes with decades of experience working with clients across age groups. She grew up in a highly interdependent family. There were strong power structures at play. Her journey observing these dynamics informed her beliefs about the hierarchies within families. At some point, this led to a breakdown. She found her answers in therapy therapy offered insights which then led her to explore family systems and intergenerational messages. Hi Suda, welcome to Mind Your Mornings, how are you today?
0: Thank you Brian, very well and looking forward to this topic which has been a great interest to myself. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Excellent, thank you Suda, it's it's great to have you here today. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about intergenerational trauma and family secrets? What does it mean and how does it uh, play out in people's lives?
0: So I myself come from a generational family, Mm -hmm. you know, a community which um, worships ancestry. If I recall in my childhood, there was a lot of talk around spirits and voodoo. And now I'm connecting them to ancestry influences. And therefore, I started researching, I mean, talking, thinking about this and talking about this. So intergenerational trauma and family secrets. So trauma is really about pain. Intergenerational means a generation and subsequent generations below it. So this could be these generational, you know, uh, generations can belong to any system. Could be an organization as well. You know, in India, we have these hierarchical business homes. But I really want to focus on family systems, community, nation, our nation, worldwide. We are systemic and therefore we come from centuries of generations so trauma which we are talking about is trauma which has been unresolved or unconfronted in a previous generation and it is then experienced by later generations that trauma which can determine who we are it shapes the following family generations, because it shapes our personalities. We become who we are around the experiences of our parents, our grandparents, Mm. and this includes their trauma.
1: Sorry, I just want to stop you there before you delve into that particular aspect and draw you back to your own experience. What is the message that was passed on in your own family, Sudha?
0: Yes, so you know, while I was uh, thinking about this, I can only think of my father. He lost his parents at a very young age. If I recall him now, he used to be anxious and he was extremely overprotective of us. There were moments he came across as being insecure, which impacted us. So I can only relate to that. When I look at my community, I can relate to trauma being around early loss of parents because people die. Mortality rate was very low at that time. I can also think of the loss of land, which impacted generations across.
1: So it's it's clearly a secret, but not really spoken about but it's passed on generation after generation. What, what stops uh, people, in your opinion, Suda, from breaking this chain? Is it that they are not consciously <laughs> aware of it or is it something else that acts as a barrier to you know, them being aware and breaking the chain?
0: When I look at my own community and maybe even family, mm. when, I, when I talk about voodoo and prayers, Uh, To the spirits, this is their way of acknowledging that there has been trauma, and they're praying to the spirits to go away. So there is an awareness, but the awareness is dealt in these rituals and traditions Mm -hmm. of the community.
1: Right, got it. I believe your client Reena has taken the first steps towards breaking out of uh, intergenerational trauma.
0: Yes, yes.
1: That's great. And, and what, what are some of the changes that you are seeing in Reena itself?
0: So when Reena came to me, you know, I don't think she was really aware of where her current issues would mm. be leading her to. And it is only in subsequent, um, you know, sessions, she began to explore her feelings from, you know, her childhood. It was then that she was able to understand that her personality, the quietness of her personality emerged because of the trauma of her own mother. And in understanding that, that gave her a kind of base to feel that this was not really about her, but this was really something about being born into that and therefore I think there was a realization there which got gave it. us some relief
1: got it yeah great so let's go on and hear her story this is a brief introduction Reena is an independent woman she has chosen to be part of the show and share her story with all of us she lives in a predominantly generational long established community is a partner in her husband's business as well as a homemaker so, Rina, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much, Brian. It's wonderful to be here. Great. I think it's uh, important for uh, me to be here and to share my story because I'm sure there'll be a lot of, lot of people who listen to the story and will be able to identify with it.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they will. So, why don't you tell us a little bit, a brief introduction about you know, your own story and how that narrative has evolved?
2: Well, actually, in 2020, once COVID started and everything was going online, I got the opportunity to do, to do the TA 101 with Anna Chandi and Associates. And at that time, a lot of things, you know, kind of came to the surface. I realized that, OK, I need to go deeper into this. And Anna suggested that I go in for therapy. And I agreed to it. That's how I came in touch with Sudha. She has been my therapist since 2020. You know, a lot of uh, things changed for me in my life too because Uh, uh, therapy helped me tremendously. It helped me understand certain patterns that I was following.
0: uh, And
2: more than ever, it helped me come to an acceptance that I was not wholly responsible for my erratic behavior. And I have learned to be more kind to myself and I'm on the path of rewriting my story.
1: Fantastic. That's that's so very interesting. So this bit you mentioned about not being solely responsible for your behavior and being a little more easier on yourself and understanding the patterns. Can you elaborate a little bit about what that really means?
2: Yeah, well, you know, it goes back to... Uh, my mother so my mother she lost her parents when she was uh, four both father Mm. and mother Mm. and she was brought up by extended family together with her sister she carried this trauma throughout her life and it impacted her tremendously as a mother having never experienced the love and affection of her own parents she did not know how to show love to me, who was her child, she didn't know how to love, touch, hold me yeah. as a child. So unconsciously, her trauma passed on to me. I too carried the same pattern into my parenting. The abandonment wound, the sadness, the loneliness, the feeling yeah. of I don't belong, the anger, frustration, anxiety, all of this passed on intergenerationally from my mother to me. And from me on to my children.
1: Got it. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. It's, it's not something that many people are aware of, you know, how feelings and behaviors and, and thought patterns can uh, move intergenerationally from grandparents, parents and on to the child. So Suda, I just want to bring you in here and, and I just wanted yeah. to respond to that uh, piece um, with your observations.
0: So, if you clearly see with Reena, right. you know, if you saw how the trauma of her mother was passed on to her and then to her children, right. they can be communicated both in explicit, you know, direct uh, communication. Uh-huh. But what, the, what we need to understand is as a child, she would have been intuitive. Children are very intuitive. Really? And intuitively, she would have picked up some, you know, communication through facial expressions, tone of voice, Uh, throughout her childhood. And this is a very important part of trauma: is she felt unsafe, and because of that, she had learned to shut down her own feelings. So part of therapy was really. Her up to her own feelings, and and to talk about those experiences, it was hard for her. It was a struggle for her, and she mm. relived that pain and right. anguish which she went through.
1: Reena, can you sort of respond to that? You know, basically, what what the situation was for me as
2: a child was my mother, because of what she'd gone through. I didn't understand at that point. She was a very angry person. She was angry at everyone. Mm. I think she was just generally angry at the world because of her suffering. So she was very short-tempered and I was petrified of her. She Mm. would you know beat me up for every little thing. It's not that I was a naughty or troublesome child Mm. yet she would resort to hitting me for anything and everything. She was also a highly anxious person. And all of these behaviors passed on to me and I didn't realize it until I became a parent because I would find myself behaving the same way. Hysterically, I would go into fits of rage. I would throw things at the children, hit them, shout at them, terrorize them. I was out of control. One look of mine would make the kids really scared of me. And I realized that I was exactly like my mother,
1: but I didn't know what to do about it. Would you say that therapy brought about this awareness? Uh, you know, is that, is that, would you put your finger on therapy? Yes, start yes.
2: On? I think when, when I did the TA 101, mm-hmm. a lot of understanding and realization came up. Then I knew I needed to delve further into this to set myself free from it. And that's how I got into therapy. And therapy has um, helped me a lot and it's right. helped me accept and acknowledge it like i can talk about it even with my kids or my family that you know i was like this you know i've come to that space only because of the therapy
1: got it and would you say that you're also in a in a better position to express your likes and dislikes in a much more mature acceptable manner to those around you
2: yes definitely you know, earlier on I would have been ashamed to acknowledge mm. these things, but today I'm no longer feel the shame of it. I'm right. able to openly talk about it. Yes, that is who I was, but that's not who I am anymore.
1: Thank you for sharing that.
2: So other than therapy, I also realize that it's important to for self-care mm. because um, our mind and bodies are so connected. So then I've started doing yoga. I enrolled actually for a mind and body work workshop again with Anna Mm Chandi and associates. And that helped me a lot, you know, understanding how uh, the mind is connected to the body and how it affects the body. Because I had some health issues, too, which Mm -hmm. I was struggling with. And it's only then that I realized the connection between the two. And I've also started, you know, doing uh, going for a morning walk, which is a really good form of relaxation for me because, you know, you're listening to some music or a podcast or something, mm. and your mind is off all the things that are going to come up during the day. And it's a form of relaxation. So mm. I think uh, these are the things that I've been doing for self care. I recently just signed up for a Zumba class, too. I, just wow. nice being around people and with the music just doing things yeah just relaxing i mean it it just helps you take your mind off all yeah. the troubles and cares yeah. in life
1: yeah so the uh, reena seems to be in such a happy place yeah. uh, would you want to talk a little bit about you know what your observations are about her journey and where she is and how she's got there and what she's doing to to you know stay in that space
0: Yes. So, um, you know, we've been together for more than two years and it has been a process. It has also been a relationship. And I think really what Reena really began to experience was the safety aspect. She began to feel safe enough to explore deeper into herself. Maybe some unconscious memories surfaced around that time and there was resistance to go into those areas of her life because it was very painful. But as a process and, you know, being with her gently, she was able to acknowledge. So, you know, the most important thing is to acknowledge that these things have happened in one's life And I think after that, that gave her a lot of confidence because today I see Reena as a very confident person, from a quiet to a very confident person. And so for me, that is the, because trauma brings in low self-esteem issues, low sense of self-worth. But today I see her feeling important to herself. For me, that's a significant shift. So, you know, family secrets are secrets held within the family. They are around trauma, but the reason why they're kept secret is to maintain the cohesiveness of the family and to project a family of honour to society. That's very typical of our culture and our society. The secrets are held because there have been a violation of rules and there have been relationships around which are which we never talk about which are taboo around violence sexual mm-hmm. abuse yeah even tragedies adoption is kept as a secret divorce so anything which we regard as a stigma in society is held as a secret in the family Now, the secret can be held. In my case, I never knew that I was actually born the second child, that there was a previous unborn child. I actually was thrown into a lot of confusion at that point. And I had to uh, go to therapy to, you know, acknowledge this and work around this and understand why it was not informed to me. That's a secret. The other thing was, you know, it was very unspoken that there was some hierarchy between my mother's family and my father's family. There was something going on there, but there were many things actually around it, but that was never spoken about. So very secretive around these things. So when, for example, there is incest and say, uh, sexual uh, abuse uh, mm-hmm. in a family that is held a secret. That relationship becomes the secret between the two, and the rest of the family might be intuitive about it, but they don't talk about it. That secret becomes a binding factor. You know, transmitted to next generation and the next generation. It is picked up. So one of the things is um, Basil van der talks about is the body. The body feels these experiences and he talks about it as a felt sense. There's some feeling, there's some sense that something is wrong somewhere. So this is really what family secrets are about. You know, they bind the family together. There is, a, you know, a split in the family, which is never spoken about. So nice. there is no open communication. <laughs> there may not be trust or intimacy in that family.
1: Got it. Yeah, that's, that's illuminating. Uh, so thanks for sharing that. Uh, Reena, earlier in the conversation, you talked about this loss of a sense of belonging. Can you elaborate a little bit about how you've experienced that emotion earlier? a child and now how you experience it and uh, perhaps in the context of your children as well
2: yeah I think because uh, my mother had this sense of don't belong that kind of Mm. passed on to me also so I too had that feeling that I don't really belong in this family or maybe in a particular circle of friends or extended family because somehow even as a child the message of uh, we are poor or we don't have money like the rest of the family was very strong. It was passed on very strongly. So because of that, even though it may not have been so much verbal, but because of that, I never used to ask my mother for anything, whether it's new clothes or toys or books or wanting to go on a holiday. I also found that extended family treated me differently, me and my brother. We were treated kind of differently. And it made me feel it is because of this. You know, it's and I also feel they didn't particularly like my mother very much because she was this angry person ready to, you know, fight with anyone at the drop of a hat. And we were also considered to be the poor relatives. Nobody spoke about these things openly, but uh, these nonverbal messages were very easily picked up. And I carried this into adulthood because I found that wherever I was, I felt I didn't quite belong there. I was there and I'm sure nobody around me realized it. But for me, there was always this feeling of don't belong. I had that low self-esteem issues and low self-confidence because of that. No one would have realized it because I spoke very confidently. But I know how I was feeling within. Mm. It was a strain going for any function of to any place where there were others, meeting new people. It was always very stressful for me. And I think that passed on to my kids too because they were never comfortable with extended family, you know, would rather avoid going for family functions. And Mm -hmm. I'd find them sitting quietly in a corner, not really interacting. Mm -hmm. So somewhere they unconsciously picked up these things from me. I think now they're adults and they've also understood all of this being in therapy and mm. understanding and listen, open conversations about these things have helped right. a lot.
1: So would you say that that's your family secret? Uh, the the fact that uh,
2: uh, the y- yes, that is a family secret, but more than that there was something else which you know happened right. uh-huh. subsequently of uh, recently a family member who I'm very attached to since you know we were children she opened up about sexual abuse as a child that happened Mm. to her Mm. and this kind of threw the whole family into a dizzy Mm. there was such an uproar as they felt that this was being disloyal and disrespectful to parents Mm. and family these are things that are not talked about so family matters are to be kept within the family and you don't talk about them publicly that is Mm. the general opinion And this kind of resulted in uh, her being ostracized by the family. And because I was still in touch with her and close to her, I was viewed differently. Most family members, I found them very uncomfortable around me. But I feel coming out and talking about these things has important. And it has healed her tremendously. And it has helped her change her story and her narrative. Because when you have a secret, you're always... Um, Trying to cover up for it, you're never comfortable because you're wondering when somebody is going to know something about it. But when you actually talk about it openly yourself, the fear is gone. There's nothing to fear anymore once it's out in the open.
1: Yeah, and how has your relationship, uh, Reena, evolved with your family through this? Yeah, so
2: as I said, my family initially was very um, distant with me didn't seem to want to have much to do with me they were not comfortable being around me but somehow I I just stood my ground and I knew that eventually the truth always wins that's what I firmly believe the truth always wins eventually and today I see the same family members behaving differently towards me I mean they're kinder, nicer, more understanding. They seem to want to have conversations with me. Maybe they see a difference in me. Maybe they see me as a different person and someone to reckon with. So they find me more interesting now on some level. Yeah.
1: Sudha, maybe you can, um, I'd like you to comment on, you know, once secrets are out, uh, how that impacts relationships and uh, if you've seen a different pattern to what reena has mentioned once the secrets are out yeah, how yeah. does it how does it impact the dynamic family dynamic as
0: we need to understand family secrets occur out of a sense of shame right you know uh, we don't want to expose the secret because we feel ashamed That is the trauma. The shame is the trauma. Coming to therapy and acknowledging it can help someone feel safe. And once that secret is out, it's a liberating experience. Mm -hmm. It no longer has, has a hold. It no longer has that power to pull you down or to bind you. And you're able to empower yourself. It no no longer is a part of you or part of your system. And you're able to acknowledge it, maybe even own it and Mm. move on in your life.
2: Yeah. So, you know, uh, my mother, who lived in a different town, now lives in the same town with me. And over the past one month, she's been living with me at home because she was not well. Initially, I was um, a little worried about that. How is it going to be? Even her moving into the town where i'm what would what is going to come up how am i going to handle it am i going to still am i going to feel the same feelings i felt growing up and as a child it did cause some amount of anxiety but i did talk about it with sudha during the therapy sessions but uh, strangely enough everything went off smoothly i think i've learned to draw my boundaries with her and she recognized them very clearly. And today she doesn't cross those boundaries with me. She knows that I'm, I'm, I'm very firm about certain things and certain things I don't like discussing with her. I think it's also the message has gone, gone across that this is today my home. And how things are done here is different from how she would do it in her home. And I think she's come to not just acknowledge it, but respect it. And because of that, my relationship with her is more peaceful. I'm not saying that we don't have our struggles at times, but 99% of the time, it is peaceful. I think seeing that has made a change with my kids towards her. Because, you know, they also picked up what she was like with me and Uh, that is the reason I behaved the way I did. But seeing this change has made them also different towards my mom in their relationship with her. I find them spending more time with her, you know, making the effort of sitting and talking to her, putting on some TV shows for her to watch or whatever. There's more interaction. And even with my children now, I'm able to talk to them openly about it. Like when they ask me questions, what was it like? as a child, how do you feel towards your mother today? I'm able to talk about it openly without feeling uncomfortable in any way. And I think that's amazing that I've been able to come this far. And uh, that's what therapy does. It really does help you to come a long way, break all those barriers and uh, move forward. Yeah, basically you're changing... You thought your life was going to be your You realize that it's within your power to change that. And that's what really makes you feel liberated and free.
0: So what I want to say about trauma and even family secrets is that there is a high possibility of subsequent generations experiencing depression, anxiety, and that is what is passed down you know, a mental illness addiction you know is passed down and um, so that is what i really want to be talking about and because we talk about genes and inheritance the genes are modified because of trauma and that is passed down from generation to generations so when we look at addiction where there's a history of alcoholism if that is because the brain has developed in the infant in the fetus itself and that you know plays up into shape the person's personality and the predisposition mm. towards addiction or alcoholism uh, so that's what I really wanted to talk about the impact of trauma that there is a high possibility and of continuing that suffering or continuing that malice from generation to generation.
2: Yeah, I think basically the whole awareness started with the TA 101. So even before that, you know, you hear people talk about going for therapy, but you really don't know what it's all about. But the TA 101 made me understand and realize there's so much more to me than even what I see on the surface things that you think okay this is how I am I can't change it this is what life has been like so I'm the result of all of these things and you know one has to accept me the way I am but uh, through this TA 101 and Understanding that you know there is something called therapy, you can go and you your story can be rewritten. you can be a different person. you're not this person- so who is the real me to be able to understand and discover that I think that was the journey to understand who I really am and to be comfortable with this person I am because I realized I wasn't comfortable with who I was. I think just that taking that decision I want this change that's a hard decision to make because uh, change is hard especially at this stage in life but I think uh, that decision was the turning point and um, I, I know how it is I hear a lot of people say oh I'm I'm this old what's the point I don't have much longer what change can happen you, you feel it's not possible but It is possible. Everything is possible. I think even if you're 80, it's still possible. Even whatever balance years you have, you have the opportunity to live it free. And I think uh, that is the main thing, to be free. I no longer have to carry the burden of secrets. I no longer have to carry the burden of pretending to be something I'm not. This is who I am and to come to that acceptance. And I think um, my children see me very differently now. How they talk to me also is different. I, I find that they can confide in me and talk to me about anything. And they know I'm not going to be shocked or get into a tizzy over it. And I see them also uh, open to the idea of change. You know, that feeling of, nothing good is going to come out of this all that has changed within them too so I, they too have become different individuals accepting what happened to them in their childhood I think the stage of blaming is over and now moving into you know a new chapter of their lives
1: fabulous thank you so much I think you're getting better and better as we keep speaking <laughs>
2: Yeah. Actually, the whole speaking itself has been very therapeutic. (laughs) I know you were actually,
0: you know, so into yourself and talking about this. That itself will be healing for you.
1: Yes. Thanks for that, Veena and Suda. I think this has been a very enlightening conversation. Secrets are like the word says, secrets, right? They don't uh, really come out. And I'm so glad that we've had this conversation about this very important aspect. I think there's there's a need to sort of, as Reena pointed out, have these open conversations. And more importantly, as you pointed out, so that from a mental health expert perspective, dwell on these secrets, unearth them and deal with them, acknowledge them. That's when we're able to move forward yeah. into the life that we are meant to live, right? Otherwise, we're all very constrained. So thank you uh, for everything for all your sharing that's wonderful reena i'm amazed that of course the various roles that you uh, that you play so perhaps Mm -hmm. effortlessly but i know that you've spent a lot of effort in in coming to this place and of course suda has helped you on this journey so all the very best and uh, thank you also suda for your expert inputs and for sharing your experience
0: Thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian.
2: Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Manishka.
0: This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new you.